Hey. What? Vanessa. <laughs> hey. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty well. Thank you. Can you say pretty well? Yeah, I'm pretty well. Pretty good? No. In high school, if I walked in, our teacher would say, Mr. Markey. I'm like, hi. He's like, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Mr. Andros. And he'd be like, and F, you failed for the day. If you had Why? a test, because he was really nice about grammar. Hmm. If you had a test that day, guess what? You failed it. If it was your, I'm, I kid you not, you, you're looking at me like, no way. It was a prep school. If you had your final that day and you saw Mr. Ambrose and you're like, hey, Mr. Ambrose, I'm doing pretty good today. F, failed. Why? Because you didn't say I'm well? Correct. Which well, okay, is then. probably why almost everybody in our school, he'd look at him and they're like, I might. I'm good. No, oh, nope. You can't say that. Awesome. I'm under the weather. That's all you had to do. I'm under the weather. Okay, then. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Why are you leaving such long pauses between things right now? Hi, everyone, by the way. Maybe I had a concussion. I forgot what my name was. No, I don't think so. You wouldn't be that lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. I was just admiring, again, if anyone has, you know, a lot of people have listened to this show. And they've heard me talking about the fish bowls you call coffee mugs. That, I mean, not to beat a dead horse. but can get a half a pot of coffee in there. I'm aware. Your mom gave it to me for my birthday. I like Ooh. it. Actually, you know, and, and I'm going dangerously off topic here. Whoever beat a dead horse? Like, where does that, that come from? And why did somebody look at that and like, there's Bob beating the dead horse? Like, shouldn't they have been like, there's Bob. Let's stay away. There's Bob put them in a mental facility i don't know where the term came from to be honest it is kind of weird huh Hmm. we could google it so speaking of dead horses (laughs) okay today i want to talk about the democratic no nope no no (laughs) so speaking of dead horses today we're going to talk about ghost towns ghost towns debt china See how we tied that in? Ghost town, yep. dead horse, horses in the west. How much we owe China. China's in the east. Nice try, though. In the wild west, there was horses. Those wild west towns became ghost towns. China, ghost towns, boom, connection. This is my life, people. This is what I live with every day. Before we get into China and debt, U.S. debt, 
the trillions, the won, the dollars. I got something funny. Okay. Have you seen the documentary Divided We Stand? No. You know what it's about? Nope. Really? Divided We Stand is a documentary about Michigan, Michigan State. It basically fast forwards to the mid 80s. It essentially ignores everything before that. I mean, it's like... Gotcha. So basically, it talks about the rivalry. Yes. Which is fitting since today they play. Well, not today that you're listening to this, but today, today that, that we, we recorded record it. it. Yes. We said that exactly the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you see how we are just meant for each other? Uh-huh. <laughs> and <clears throat> so it talks a lot, you know, it, it sprinkles in a little bit about whatever, 50s, 60s, and before that, mostly what's happened recently. And here was... <laughs> and whichever way this game goes out, here's what I found hilarious. So it goes back to the, what did they call this? Everything, every controversy today is something gate. What was the, we hold hands gate? What was this? The pregame gate? I don't gate? know. I don't remember. I don't know. In twenty was this last week? Last year. Last year, I meant. Well, last week they played, they played a week ago. 2018, uh, Michigan versus Michigan State. It's at Michigan State. It's in East Lansing and they do the hand holding. We are Spartan. You know, the Hugh Jackman thing. Nope, Gerald Butler. I don't know. What? He's from the Gerard Butler. Yeah, the 300. Doesn't have anything to do with football. Really? 300. Spartans? Spartans. Got it. Okay. So they walk through the field and they close line. Whatever. If you're a Michigan fan, they close line. If you're a Michigan State fan, you're doing your thing. Basically like Red Rover, don't break the chain. Right. Which, by the way, you and I were talking about when we were on the plane. Worst game you could ever play on a game. (laughs) Red Rover. (laughs) still think hide and seek i think jenga would be fun but we need to stay on topic anyway so they come through they close line whatever happens right don't get all offended yet this is a hilarious clip here we go so Which we're gonna have to explain to you because you can't see what happens well it's about 4 30 into it or 43 minutes into the documentary here they're showing the guys walk through the field and they're going to interview here one of the players from michigan state yes the guy tried to break the link and no way we breaking our link. <laughs> Describe to everybody. So he goes, there's no way we're breaking our link. And then the very next picture, picture the is, next scene is, I don't know who from Michigan that is. I oh, I have tell. no idea. But he's got headphones He's got on. headphones on and he's doing his uh, workout and two of the Michigan State players have broken the link. <laughs> they just, and they just open up and... <laughs> the link is gone. Can you imagine being Raquan Williams and you're like, hey, hey, yeah, I made the documentary and the family all gathers around. They're like, oh, honey, here's your part. Right here. The guy tried to break the link and no way we breaking our link. Next broken scene. link. <laughs> <laughs> and then they reconnect. Nothing, you know, and that's, you know, that's, I guess that's my mind right there. I got nothing else from that documentary other than 43 minutes in, they broke the link. <laughs> Again, this is what I deal with. All right. We got a couple minutes here. So we're going to talk about, yeah, we're off football. Okay. We're going to talk about China, U.S. debt. In case you've been living under a rock, the U.S. government is a little bit in debt. Just a smidge. Smidge. No, no big deal. It's in trillions. trillion dollars. <laughs> Just $23 trillion. Now, pop quiz. I'm grading you on this. Okay. A few months ago, we said, to put in perspective how big a trillion dollars is, what do we do? We put it in years. Do you remember how many years a trillion seconds equals? Like 20,000 years or something. Pretty close. It was... 
almost 32,000 years. Hey, you got to level with me because that was a long time ago. Very long. Like a week. No. <laughs> we recorded a couple months it ago. this morning. The thing is, though, it's hard to sometimes put in perspective, but when we talk about trillions, what does it mean? A trillion seconds, not a trillion minutes, not a trillion hours, not a trillion days. One trillion seconds is 32,000 years. Mm-hmm. Years. That'd be 29,000 something B.C. Correct. That's how big a trillion is. And so we know the U.S. is 23 trillion in debt. But if we looked at the U.S. as a, and that's about 100% of our GDP. Okay. Now, there was a report written a few years ago that said, when your debt exceeds your GDP, it always leads to recession. Mm -hmm. And I want to preface this with, I'm not saying our debt is good. No. I'm not saying, hey, open up the wallet, Uncle Sam, and buy us all something. Give us all $1,000 of Patriot dividends per month. No, that's not going to help at all. But I am going to tell you, I don't think it's our debt that's going to lead to the next recession. I don't think it's our debt that we necessarily need to worry about. I don't think it's our debt that we need to necessarily plan for. On the path we're on now, by the way, if we had like $50 trillion of debt, due to other spending things. And you can say it's good. You can say it's bad. I'm not even walking in those waters. That changes everything I'm talking about now. But I'm telling you, there's a bigger debt issue. There's a bigger debt crisis in this world. And it's not ours. And it rhymes with mina. So <clears throat> does it lead, is it guaranteed to lead to a recession when your debt, when a country's debt exceeds their GDP? No. But there was a report a few years ago, maybe, oh boy, I think it's been about eight years and it's a report that's been widely cited, and I, I forget where these professors or economists were out of, what uh, Ivy League school, I don't remember, but they, they gave this report, they showed the math that anytime your GDP as a country exceeds, I'm sorry, your debt exceeds GDP. You're going into a recession. And yet, there was a couple college students out of Yale, this was about three or four years ago, and their senior PhD project guess, thesis or whatever, yes was to recreate the math. Okay. So here you got these younger students, you know, and they're trying to do this. They can't get the math to work. Now, if you're a PhD student, not PhD person, but PhD student, and you can't recreate the math, most don't just assume the math is wrong. I say most because I'm thinking of putting myself in that position. I probably would have assumed they were wrong. Correct. So instead of assuming they were wrong, what do these kids do? They assume they're making a mistake. Hmm. So they reach out to these professors or economists, I forget which, and they say, hey, here's what we're trying to do. This is my, my project, my you know semestral project. It's called a thesis for those higher ups. I'm not sure it was their thesis, but hey, we're messing it up. Can you help us? So they reach back. Oh, yeah, no problem. They send their report. They send some of their preliminary findings. They send how they did the math to get to their conclusions. Guess what this... Yale kid and then this Yale PhD kid brought his Yale girlfriend PhD person in it too the math was wrong immediately they found out the math was wrong they published their own paper with the assistance of their professor their PhD guy because of course he wants to get credit for it too right something well, he right. did nothing but I, I, I looked over him I get half on this paper so what happens when you're a professor you get credit for what your students do because you taught them really yes dude I need to go into teaching 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> you get nothing out from this. It's divided we stand, they broke the link, and Mike's going into teaching. Right. So they disproved this paper. They debunked the paper that when your GDP when your debt exceeds GDP, that it leads to recession. Yet it's still widely cited. The it's, the original one? It is. It's really hard once people take something as fact. Right. To change their mind. It's really hard to, once it's out there, bring it back. Correct. You know, I think we had a... Anti-vaxxers. You know, why why do you always steal my (laughs) train of thought? See, meant for each other. (laughs) Anti-vaxxers. Am I right? Did did we... Am I I right or wrong? Did we have a measles outbreak this year? Sure did. But it was just one, right? Uh, No, it was a big one. But only in one spot? No. Oh, it happened more than once? Correct. But we don't have a vaccine for measles, though. I mean, according to anti-vaxxers, you shouldn't use it. But we don't have one. We do have one. We have a vaccine for measles. Yeah. And measles was, like, correct me if I'm wrong, almost eradicated from, like, at least all developed nations. Correct. But we're a, what kind of nation are we? Some people would argue underdeveloped at this point. Developed, yes. How, how did we have an outbreak? Anti-vaxxers. On a paper from, but that was written by a, a doctor who is struggling for money, who had a, a financial gain from his paper and then he lost his license and i'm pretty sure he's in jail i think he's dead because he didn't get vaccinated but anyway okay <laughs> i do think Tangent he's dead. done no it's not and yet that paper has been debunked right about a bazillion times over so once it's out there it's hard to get back correct so look at the u.s let's look at our debt like a company now as a company do we necessarily <laughs> Do we only evaluate a company's debt to its income? No. So tell me this. If a company has $1,000 of debt mm-hmm. and only $1,000 of income, is that a weak company? Not necessarily. Maybe, right? If they had no assets, that's a weak company, right? Correct. What if they had $10 million of assets? Then they're good. Strong company. Yeah. So what if I told you that the U.S., if we sold everything off, the U.S. had something like $200 trillion. Like if we if we sold off, if we let Pepsi, you know, buy the highways. So every time you went down the highway, you, don't, you were going down PepsiCo Highway like we do with our sports stadiums. Awesome. And if like our national monument, like if Mountain Dew could sponsor the big, the, the big, what what is the big? The Washington Monument? I think so. <laughs> He's putting his hands together and going tall, skinny thing. <laughs> like the U.S. version of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> what, if, okay. what if Mountain Dew could paint that yellow? And oh, what gross. if we like sold off California and New York? Nobody would take them, so that would be a negative. Give you can't them. give them away. <laughs> Put them, give them to goodwill. <laughs> we have about $2 trillion of assets. You remember how much we have in U.S. debt? And I'm not talking about the unfunded liabilities of Medicare. Medicaid. Okay, hold on. You just said two trillion in assets. Oh, earlier, I'm sorry. Two hundred trillion. Two hundred. We have about twenty-three trillion in debt. So if you looked at us like a company, you would look at us a little bit differently. Correct. I agree. Let's take. Let's see. It's probably a little bit too early to take our last break. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Well, I want to. Well, let's start then talking about China. So China right now. So we've got how much in U.S. debt do we have? We just said it. 23 trillion. We've got 23 trillion dollars of debt. Mm-hmm. And we've got GDP of about the same. Yep. Right? 
China's GDP, if we trust their conversion into their, our currency and blah, 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 all of that, right? Yeah. It comes to about what? 13 trillion. And this is according to, now I hate using websites that have some funky name, but I was able to find this a few places. It's called thesoundingline.com. Backslash. <laughs> um, let's see. Here was one. Chinese national debt. Go to Google. Uh, national debt. If we were going to use Wikipedia, you can use China's total debt rises to over 300%. You can't use Wikipedia, though, because your son told me the other day that he could just go on there and change it. <laughs> can I use CNBC? Sure. Fine. You, I don't you think can... you can go on there and change their website, but your if I don't lovely either. oldest... <laughs> told me I should stop using Wikipedia. I see one from CNBC, Investopedia, Reuters. You can find lots of examples of this. China has GDP of about 13 trillion. Yep. Yeah, what's their debt? 55 trillion. Let's take our last break and then we'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. It truly is our pleasure to be with you. I apologize today for maybe jumping a little bit around, but it is football season. And how is that any different than any other week? You know, you, you go from <laughs> nice to mean faster than anyone Everybody I've who's met. listening would agree with me. We're talking about debt. So we've talked about how once it's out there, it's hard to bring it back. That just because you're Debt to GDP exceeds 100%. Doesn't make it good. I'm not saying, hey, we're good. We're fine. I'm saying maybe we're not as in much trouble as we think. It doesn't mean just spend more, spend faster. It means it's not, we're not so far gone. Correct. We can curb the spending, cut up the visa. Maybe we can bring this back in yet. Right. We're okay yet. What I am concerned with in a very, very, very big way is China. Yes. Not China stealing our intellectual uh, properties. Not China meddling with our elections. Although I don't think we've accused them of that yet. No, only Russia. Not China of getting into, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's wallet. Although I wouldn't have a problem with that. (laughs) (laughs) I meant like adding money, not taking it away. no. No, I'd have a problem with that. I'm worried about the fact they have $55 trillion of what this site's calling credit in their system. Which is confusing because it took us a minute to figure that out. But they've got only $13 trillion of GDP. So here's a guy, Kyle Bass. He's the founder of Heyman Capital Management. And he recently spoke to... I'll let you... um, the that. Epoch Times? Yeah, the Epoch Times. So let's let's jump in about five minutes in. As the U.S. So it's the U.S. is about a twenty trillion dollar economy. Imagine if we lent ten trillion dollars into our economy in one year. I have to pause here, and you're going to judge me as listeners and as wife and friend. <laughs> Who said we're friends? <laughs> I've got a really hard time. The guy seems intelligent. He and the very first thing I see though. 
is quasi mullet business in the front party in the back and why did you curl the back this that's, is that's what you noticed yes we're listening to him Our, what, what, what do we do money thank you for cutting me off <laughs> listening to him about money and that's what you notice I, I see all the curls and i'm like hmm why doesn't the top curl why doesn't the side because he doesn't have hair on the top well not as much Right. It would it would it would explode up multiple double digits. But then we would have a massive hangover. We'd have a lot of loans that go bad, yes. and we'd have to restructure them. In China, in our in our office, we say uh, a rolling loan gathers no loss. Right. It's an adaptation of uh, of a much older saying. Uh, but it's important to think about Chinese credit is now growing because there's no cash receipts. There's very little money coming in to pay. So what he's saying is that they're not paying their loans mm -hmm. and they're just refinancing it. Gotcha. And so think of this like what happened in the U.S. in the mid-2000s where people didn't pay off their cars. They didn't pay off their credit cards. Credit cards. Credit cards. They just rolled it into something else. Home equity loans. Yeah. It was an automatic ATM. And that's what China's doing right now. They're just repackaging it, repackaging it, repackaging it. Okay. Let's skip forward a little bit. One-to-one -one relationship. Uh, 20 trillion of banking assets. In China, they've about, I'm gonna use dollars and not yuan, yeah. uh, they've about $13 trillion at today's exchange rates in GDP. Remember, US has 20, China's at 13. Mm -hmm. They have $55 trillion worth of credit in their system. Mind you, we have the most advanced, largest economy in the world, we have 20, they have 55. And from what? That's gonna scare you a little bit. Right. 55 trillion. Now, I, I think of it like this. Imagine you have an uncle. Well, you do have an uncle named Bob, but you've got a couple. I do. I don't have any. Huh. How's the most popular, easiest name out there and I don't have an Uncle Bob? Yeah, but half of the people's names in your family are Joseph. I don't have an Uncle Joseph. <laughs> That's the last name. They're not all Yusuf. Your brother's name is Joe. My brother's name is Sheridan. His <laughs> middle name is Joe. Joe. <laughs> anyway, I also have a cousin named Bobby. Bob. Bobby. Good for you. Rub it in. <laughs> Here's the deal. Imagine your uncle Joe <laughs> loans you a bunch of money. Okay. And Joe gets in financial trouble. Yep. What's the first thing he's going to do? Oh, Mikey. Right. I need my money back. And after I correct him and say that it's no longer Mikey to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens though when you get in financial trouble you go to the people that you've lent money out to Correct. right and of course we know that the Chinese government's been buying US debt which is called a loan thank you where has China been using all this money though Correct. this is what I want to know how do you, how are you that upside down <sighs> do you think most people know about this we, we started the show talking about ghost towns horses yes. ghost towns Do most people understand that China's got one of the biggest populations on earth? Yes, they most got, people know that. They got people living in boxes. Yes. And yet they have ghost towns? Ghost towns? Hmm. Ghost malls? Here's, let's bring you into this. This is a video from CNN Money. And they're going through the world's largest mall. It's very, very different. Take a look at this. This is the new South China Mall. When it opened more than five years ago, it was promoted as the world's largest shopping mall. But look at it today. The escalators are covered with sheets. 
He said sheet, right? Sheets, like bed sheets. Oh, got it. The elevators aren't even working, and it is virtually deserted. A ghost mall, some people call it. There are almost no shops open in this entire place. In fact, it looks like there are very, very few retail tenants operating any businesses here at okay, all. Hold on, hit pause. How eerie is that, though? He says there's almost zero retail tenants. There are zero. There's not a single shop open in there. I think there are some on the main floor, but this thing is like three, four stories tall. It makes the Opryland in Tennessee. That's where we stayed, right? The Opryland? No. Gaylord. Gaylord. Darn it. It is Gaylord Opryland. Ha! Makes it look tiny. Right. This makes the Mall of America look like a Starbucks. Right. Makes the Mall of America look like wood. I mean, they have this next picture that we're looking at. They have canals like the Venetian in Las Vegas in this mall. This makes Vegas look small. Right. Let's let's fast forward a little bit. Experience into a profitable office center. But it's important to note, this is not the first ghost mall we've seen in China. These are perhaps an example of what happens when an economy tries to grow too big too fast. You're back. Wait a minute. They have more than one ghost mall? Yes. Well, maybe they just did bad planning. No. I mean, it couldn't be. They don't have anything else that's like ghostish, right? Hmm. A few things that are ghostish. How about dozens of ghost cities? Let's go to this video. Oh, by the way, this is from ABC. So if you don't like CNBC, boom, ABC. Here you go. Unless you're Tim Taylor, then you don't like ABC. High-rise apartments stretch into the sky. Traffic lights flash with no traffic in sight. The neon lights are on, but nobody's home. These are China's ghost cities, sprawling, empty spaces, just waiting for one thing. Okay, so here's what this looks like. These are four and five-story apartment buildings. Apartment buildings, condos. I mean, you have literal skyscrapers. It looks like New York City. I mean, I can see why it's vacant. I got in this row to the left, I've got modern. All the way to the right, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> Come on, they like diversity. People. Yeah, clearly. It's like building a Lego town. That's what this looks like. Lego City. All of them were bizarre. All of them were surreal. There's no other way to describe just a city meant for thousands of people that's just completely empty. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this yet, you've got to Google this. Google Chinese ghost towns. See the amount of money they're throwing away. See the... And you know, and the thing is, you got these ghost towns and your people who are living on streets and in boxes. Right. And aren't living in them, and then wonder what's going to happen. Right. One more video. As China's mass construction phase continues, bigger and more elaborate but empty cities are popping up. It's difficult to say just how many properties lay empty across China, but some guess it could be as high as 64 million. That was essentially. And think about that. You know, let's do the conversion, right? We take Chinese currency, we convert it to U.S. Yeah. They have like five families living in a hut. Right. 64 million units vacant. That houses like 300 million people. Well, and what I want to know is more. who's paying for all this. Like, let's just let's just put a building up. Pop a building up here. Oh, nobody's living in it. No big deal. Pop a building up here. You know, in the 2000s, there was a lot of people that looked like they were doing well because every time they spent money, what they do? They refinanced it, right? They kept yeah. leveraging their debt, leveraging their debt. You might have known somebody. You might have been that person. You might have lived by them. 
What happened in 09? They lost it all, didn't they? Yeah. What's going to happen here? We don't know. But if you don't see this, if you don't see the fact that China's G- debt to GDP is 300%, that they're lending us a bunch of money, and you don't think, okay, at some point, no money, lots of things, building, not the world's largest mall, and it's vacant. We are 10 years into our longest bull market, expansion market we've ever had. Yep. And if you believe that we have a world economy as we do, then you have to pay attention to what's happening in the world. Right. Make sure you're working with somebody who's helping you know these things. And it's always our pleasure. Until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. As always, God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.